everyone, and welcome to another episode of That 80s Child, The Generation Y. And my name is Gabrielle. So I know it's been a little bit. I actually had a recording already done. However, for some reason, half of the audio was not coming up. I had to scrap it, which was really annoying because I had like over an hour and 20 minutes. It was mainly me ranting about things. So I was even debating as to me posting it because I was in like a weird type of mood. I'm kind of glad that I think it was just the fate stepping in and saying, you know what, you, you don't need to do this right now. Just, we'll, we'll just wait. <laughs> so, so in this episode, which would be episode 10, um, which we don't, means we only have two more to go in this longest series ever of waiting. So I apologize. A lot of stuff going on which I will be discussing in, if you follow me on my Facebook, which is Gabrielle Cataldi-Author, if you wanted to find me, you can find me there. I post when I, I post on there when uh, a podcast gets uploaded, um, any of my blogs get uploaded, and I do some other random posts on there as well. And I, try, I was trying out the idea of the Facebook Lives. I don't have products for sale it's just more of like my work for you to read so it's just mainly about like writing giving you some suggestions and things that I've done in the past and you know just some little anecdotal things as well as like some book reviews that I did and like about journaling but I'm going to be doing a Facebook live soon depending on when I get this posted I can't say it's tomorrow, so I will just keep an eye out. I will do other Facebook Lives, but you can check them out because the videos are there. And yeah, that's that. So in this episode, I'm going to, I was going to separate out each movie into its its significant genre, like it being horror, fantasy, science fiction, comedy, romantic comedy, so on and so forth, you know, drama. But what I'm going to do is... I'm going to just tell you my favorite movies growing up because I didn't care about putting them into some sort of subcategory when I was growing up. I just enjoyed watching them for the sheer pleasure of watching a movie. And I, other than going to the movies every once in a while, I can't say that I've sat down to watch one of my favorite movies in a while. And I used to do that on a regular basis with my mom. Um, I haven't been able to do that. Anybody who knows me, um, my mom is going through, I don't even know if it's like early stages at this point, so it's a little bit further on, but she has a form of dementia. I'm getting it properly categorized and diagnosed. Um, It's just been hard getting like a doctor's appointment and then making sure everything insurance-wise was taken care of. Another reason why I haven't really been doing this, I mean, kind of trying to get everything in a nice organized manner so that I can get everything sorted out. So I haven't really sat down to watch a movie at home in a while and I feel like I kind of need to do that. Like sometimes I'll listen to a movie at work, like I'll just put it on and I won't really watch it, watch it because I know the movie so well I don't really need to watch it. But I want to sit down and I want to like get invested in it, become part of it, like you know, when you were younger. So this is in no particular order. I didn't put this in any type of ranking. This is just as I remembered them. And as my mom has literally over a over 300 DVDs in her collection. 
And again, like I said, that's we used to sit down and we just pick out a movie that we wanted to watch and we watch it. Doesn't matter if we watched it 500 times. If it's a good movie, we're gonna watch it again because it's a good movie. <laughs> okay, so Never Ending Story. I loved this movie when I growing up. Not only for the f- sheer fact that it's pure fantasy, it's about how a book can transport you into another another world but it also has like a really interesting underlying theme of it being that the hu- the reason why the nothing was coming through was because people were keeping their feet on the ground and not using their imagination they were just going through life day in and day out mundane things and it told you in the movie that it's vital to use your imagination to want to go further with it. And it doesn't mean like there's another world out there that's dying because of it. But in a sense that it is because if you're not using your creativity, what are you offering this world? I can go into a, a big spiel about this, but I'm not going to. This is about movies. But there's a, a sense of it kind of happening nowadays with a lot of movies and um, shows that are just being rebooted or whatever. It's just like, come on, guys. Don't you have an imagination anymore? Can't you come up with some new stuff? But anyway, so uh, I also loved the theme song uh, by Lamal. Didn't realize it was a guy singing. Uh, more power to him for those pipes on him, man. He was in the band Kaja Gugu, if ever. Uh, the song Too Shy. Too Shy. Hush, hush. I do I. <laughs> yep. So I actually have that on my on one of my playlists. And when I really am in the mood to just, you know, get down with it, I will listen to it in the car, singing along. Don't care if people are looking at me. Don't care. Labyrinth. It's just it's just like a natural progression. You got Never Ending Story and Labyrinth. They're like the two huge 80s kids fantasy flicks. Now, there's multiple reasons why I love Labyrinth now. But when I was growing up, it was just the sheer awesomeness that it is. You know, there's really nothing else that you need to say. I have David Bowie in it. Jennifer Connelly and uh, Jim Henson's uh, puppeteering. You can't really get much better than that. But my um, more in-depth appreciation for it was because a lot of the artwork that Jim Henson used to base the puppets off of was done by Brian Frout, one of my favorite artists, who does all like the Fae. He lives in Cornwall in England, one of my most favorite places I've ever been to. Now, I haven't been to a whole lot, but, you know, that's pretty much at the top of the list. If ever I had enough money, I totally would um, live there, but it's just so expensive. <laughs> I was very, and I'm sure a lot of kids, you know, you're all very fantasy-based. You love, you want to, you know, know that there's, like, another world out there that's just fantastic, and you just want to live in that fantastic world. And I think it gave me a avenue to say hey you know that creativity that fantasy that can be used to prove you know you're more than the next person if you can utilize it and that's kind of what like kept me going not just the movie itself but the idea that you know you you can do what you need to do and uh and show people like you know you're more than what they say that you are legend now the funny thing is is that when i i made my list things that came to mind and then I went into like top 80s 
kids movies fan you know and i went through a lot of them and i did top 90s and legend did not come up in in that list now legend was done in 1985 oh i, p I did put the uh, so never any stories 84 labyrinth was 86 and legend was 1985 now ha that had tim curry in it that had um yes sarah in it and tom cruise i'm not a huge big fan of tom cruise but this movie i love and again this is all very fantasy based it has fairies in it it has unicorns in it it has the devil which you know tim curry plays well it's not even the devil he it looks like the devil it's just darkness it's the opposite it's it's all about good and evil light and dark and such and such i also loved the song um loved by the sun but which was uh um sung by john anderson who's uh the lead singer for yes the actual soundtrack not the motion picture uh the ones that are done by um some i don't even remember what the name of that person was some some composer who did it you need to get the soundtrack that's done by tangerine dream excellent excellent it's hard to find i have it because i had bought the the cd years ago and i burned it to my computer and it, it's kind of gone with me ever since like it's stood the test of time in all of my iterations of computers and it stayed with it within my um my music library so um if ever you wanted to check out the, the music is just excellent and they also have the other song that's uh so you have tangerine dream which does like all the instrumental parts of it they actually have some awesome music if you ever wanted to listen they have like their own library of things um, and then you have the John Anderson, uh, Loved by the Sun, and then you have Brian Ferry, um, Is Your Love Strong Enough? It's just an excellent, 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 excellent uh, soundtrack that I highly suggest listening to. And I was, I was wondering why they left it off that list when I was looking at it, but I'm thinking there are some more like, a, it can be scary, but then again, Never Ending Story was kind of scary. I mean, um, Gamork, which was the, um, the, the wolf, he, he was, you know, he was pretty scary. And then you have the whole part with Atreyu and, um, Artax, come on, that's like, there's memes out there, like, where you, your childhood was ruined, so it's just like, there's some pretty, uh, intense moments in that, and, um, I don't know, I don't know why Legend wasn't included, I think Legend needs to be on that list, because I watched it, so... It's it's a, a Ridley Scott movie. It's it's excellent. I enjoy it. Um, the Witches from 1990. I love anything that's. Um, I've read a lot of Roald Dahl books. Roald Dahl. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Sorry. Apologize. So like he did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He did The Witches. He did The Twits. He did The Magic Finger. He did the BFG. Uh, James and the Giant Peach. There was another one that I really liked, but The Witches was one of my favorite books, and I think Angelica Houston did an excellent job, and it was, I didn't see the new version of uh, The Witches, again, because I feel like when you remake a classic movie, I don't know if it's maybe for the newer generation, but I just don't think it translates as well, and I think if you're going to show the newer generation The Witches, just show them the witches. It's got freaking um, Rowan Atkinson in it. I love him. And like I said, Angelica Houston like couldn't do a better job with playing the Grand High Witch. It's just, she's just excellent. Stop remaking movies. Just stop it. Just leave them. Leave them alone. Now, I know that they have, because 
Willow is on my list. That's from 1988. I love Willow. Another fantasy-based thing. I knew a lot of the actors in there because a lot of them were in Time Bandits. I love that movie. I put that on here, too. That was from 1981. Uh, Time Bandits. If you have not seen Time Bandits, just look it up and watch it because it's just... It might seem a little, like, uh, out there and a little backwards. Uh, It kind of goes back and forwards because you're going through different time it's time bandits it's just it's excellent excellent a lot of people in it uh british film but that doesn't make it any less better so there i know that there uh, there's another willow coming out but it's like a continuation which is fine and they, they do have like a lot of the original actors in it and they're also uh i just found out that they're uh doing a new night court that's supposed to be a continuation from the original Night Court. So they're going to have, like, Harry Harold T. Stone's daughter as the, the judge, and they're going to bring back John Larroquette as Dan Fielding. So I'm slightly interested in it, but um, if you actually go back and watch Night Court, a lot of... So Dan Fielding, one of my favorite characters. I love John Larroquette. But there was all different types of... I loved... I loved um, Harry Anderson. I, I liked Bull in there too, Selma and Mac. And I liked everybody. They all brought something to the table for the, the show to be of interest. But Dan Fielding's character was a womanizer. And that was like kind of like the bread and butter to his that comedy and what he brought. And nowadays it's like, you know, it's frowned upon. It, I mean, it's not like it was something that was you know applauded back then uh it was just more of he they just wanted to have him be a um funny how he goes about doing it and it's just like and how it gets turned down like do you think this is going to continue to work for you and nobody applauded the fact that he was a womanizer but i'm just i just in nowadays audiences i don't know if it's going to i don't know how they're going to play it out if they're going to change it to fit this audience today to properly appease them I don't really know so like older shows like that it won't really translate very well but maybe maybe it'll be good because like you know there are some like there's some great shows out there and that there's no need to have that stuff on there but we'll see we'll see I'm trying to keep an open mind but like I said I really wish they would just come up with some new things like you there are some things out there that you can come up come on figure it out there's a plethora of books that even though I know books into movies or books into tv series aren't necessarily the best combination but come on okay so uh teenage mutant ninja turtles the original from 1990 and i do believe the second one also was jim henson did the the costumes that's why they looked excellent when you got into like the third and they look like some dollar store uh ninja turtle costumes for kids that's because jim henson didn't do them so just saying there's some there's quality there and it's just excellent i remember my brother like i was i liked ninja turtles i I watched the cartoons i watch i love the movie my brother was very much into it i mean he was you know he was a little kid when they when they came out like really little and you know he had all the ninja turtle stuff now they came out in i want to say like 94 90 94 95 they came out with a 
there was a stage concert from the Ninja Turtles, and they had it, they videoed it, and it was on VHS, and it was called Ninja Turtles Come Out of Their Shells. I don't know how many times I had to watch that because my brother just wanted to watch it, and to the point where I actually hated it. <laughs> like I, I didn't think it was great anyway, but he enjoyed it, so I had to sit through it. There was another um, TV special that my niece uh, liked to watch, and it was called Totally Mini. And it was great at the time. And, but um, when you have to watch it every single time when, they came, when she came over, and it's just like, when you could quote it, <laughs> it's just like, okay, get enough of this. And I wasn't the hugest fan of like Mickey and Minnie and stuff like that. I wasn't like a huge... Disney in a sense of Disney, Mickey and Minnie, like Donald, like I was, I, I liked the Disney movies, but like Mickey and Minnie weren't, weren't, weren't my, uh, my go-to. So I was just like sitting there like, oh dear God, that and the Ninja Turtles. I'm like, okay, can we just watch the movie? Cause the movie is great and I'll totally watch that. <laughs> um, Rockadoodle, that's from 1991. It's a cartoon. If you haven't seen that, it's, there's a rooster who goes out to, find like he's kind of like Elvis his name is Chanticleer and he leaves the farm because he wants to find uh fame and fortune and after he leaves there's like this whole like you know destruction of the of the farm because it's like the hierarchy he's the rooster he gets everybody up blah blah blah. granted it sounds kind of like lame right now but it was great when I was a kid and we were watching it, just like most movies. Although a lot of these, like, they hold up. Like, Legend, I totally love. I, Labyrinth, of course. Um, Neverending Story, still cry at that scene. And The Witches, of course, I'll sit there and watch it. I love it. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, if it's on, I'm going to watch it. And I don't have regular television, so if it's on, I am watching it because I put it on. <laughs> Dark Crystal, 1982. Now, I love Dark Crystal. Again, this is a Jim Henson, Brian Frouth uh, collaboration. Um, I love all of his artwork. And if you look at the artwork of the Dark Crystal, you see his sketch work. Seriously, look up uh, Brian Froud, and it's F-R-O-U-D. His Good Fairy and Bad Fairy book. Oh, my goodness. It's just... His stuff is... I wish... I don't have any, like, art... Like, to be able to draw, I'm not that artistic. Like, I, my stick figures are, you can tell it's a person, maybe. Um, I wish I had even just a sliver of that amount of, of um, talent. I, I just, I can't, I love all of his stuff. And I have, like, posters. I have all the, like, almost all of the books that he had, like, for his, all of his stuff. And if, I know that he goes to the, um, they have like a renaissance fair-ish kind of thing. I don't think it's called a renaissance fair over there. But in England, in Cornwall, they have a fair. And he does show up to that. I, I lived over in England for almost a year. So it's just like, I, I, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> but anyway. So even though I really, really loved Brian Froud and I love Jim Henson stuff, Dark Crystal actually scared the crap out of me. The Skeksis were scary. And it's like for a little kid. And this was done in... The Dark Tour Crystal was done in 1982. So I wasn't even born yet. But so like when I watched it, I must have been really young. And those things can be pretty scary. Um, I watch it now. I, I watch it now and because I, I enjoy it now. It doesn't scare me. And I just, I just marvel at the 
talent of the puppeteers and the artwork that was done and just I love I love Jim Henson and I really really wish that he wasn't gone because <laughs> I think I know that his son was did a lot of work with him as he did built the empire that he had but I think a lot of the driving creativity was Jim Henson so R.I.P. I miss you Secret of Nim. That was 1982. So both Dark Crystal and Secret of Nim are pretty very dark kids esque movies. You know, like they deal with a, a a darker side of of that fantasy realm. And Secret of Nim, you're dealing with a mother mouse trying to to get medicine to her to her babies. It's been a while since I watched it. But um, you have, like, rats that try to get her, owls, like, and it's all, like, done in, like, a dark, it's a cartoon, but my goodness, it's kind of, it's scary. I might have to see if they have that available. It might be a Disney movie. I'm not entirely sure, and if it is, I'll have to sit and watch it. It's been a while since I've seen it. But, yeah, I remember being really scared watching it uh, when I was little. A newer movie (laughs) from 1996 is Matilda. So this is a continuation of my previous podcast that I recorded. Apparently, um, something's going on with my with my uh, microphone. I'm not entirely sure if it's having to do with the cord. It's kind of loose. It's a new microphone, but since I moved it down to downstairs, since upstairs is so damn hot during the um, the summer, I don't have a lot of room, and it's in my my bedroom. So a lot of the, there are more LED lights on a computer and all of the peripherals than, that I never would have noticed if it wasn't for having to sleep in the dark with all of these bright lights. And then you're figuring out, okay, how am I, I have to turn these off every night. I unplug the microphone so that the little green lights that are on it aren't on because they are pretty bright. So I don't know if it's because of the continual unplugging and plugging back in. And if that's the case, then I'm just not going to be able to do this during the summertime when I bring my computer downstairs to make up for the heat. So on that note, the reason why I wanted to tell you is because of the fact that this might sound different and I won't be on the same, I won't be on the same train of thought. And I also am trying to say less ums because when I go back to edit, my goodness, I didn't realize how much I say that. So, and of course, I'm editing it, and stupid me, I should have checked it right after. So, I was saying um, how to, see, I just think, I was saying that a newer movie on the list, and I think it's the newest movie on the list. Yeah, the newest movie, it's from 1996, and it's Matilda. I absolutely love Matilda. It's another Raw Dahl book made into a movie. You have Dave, <laughs> you have um, Danny DeVito. You have uh, Paul Rubens, you have Rhea Perlman, and then you have the the Trunchbull. She pretty much makes, besides Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman, they're excellent, ex- and they're just really good at what they do. The woman who plays the Trunchbull is, she's an English actress. She's excellent, and she did a great job personifying what the book created. So whoever decided to choose her, if it was Danny DeVito or if it was somebody else, excellent job, excellent choice. 
if you want to see her in a different type of role rather than it being a very scary principal, then I suggest watching a British television show called Rosemary in Time. It's a investigative uh, crime-solving team who aren't really who aren't cops, but they just seem to run into those moments where somebody dies and they have to figure out who did it and they figure it out because of something. <laughs> it's a good show. I watched I've watched it all the way through one of the my binge watching of British television shows. I suggest it. I think it's it's pretty good. If you like British shows, go for it. If not, try it. Why not? You know? I hope they don't remake Matilda. Like I've said in in many of my podcasts and in this the other half of this one that when you remake something that's a classic and I'm going to reiterate myself because this is a new day for me and I haven't reiterated it yet so don't redo a classic yes I've made concessions on my own opinion when it comes to certain things but when you never ending story the actual book by Michael End is excellent it's it's long it almost feels like a never-ending story but the very first movie focuses literally on about two chapters of that book if you read the book it's a german book so it was translated and fantasia in the book at least my version of the book it's called fantastica so you just kind of get, get around it i think fantasia sounds better but it's a literal translation of Michael Ann's German book. They have a lot of different things. Like, even in that movie, when Atreyu has to go through his uh, trials to get to the answer of how to defeat the nothing, in the book, they have a lot more trials. And that mirror one that he gets to, there's really not a lot of information or that they give you within the movie, but in the book, they tell you, like, what it is where it comes from like it just seems like all of a sudden he's in this snow encapsulated like uh, snow globe all of a sudden with a mirror where where did he go how did he get there yes okay it could probably make the movie into a tremendously long movie but i think that with today's technology and the possibility of it being in parts they could probably do a really good job would i miss the original actors doing those parts of course because they are the epitome of my childhood and never-ending story but I think there's so much to that book even if they didn't do the first part of the book there are other sections that's why they had never-ending story 2 with Jonathan Brandis those sections of that book are from there not as well done but it was there so they they have a whole other a whole other portion of the book that they can continue to do if they choose to but they should do it properly if they're going to do it. So, uh, The Addams Family from 1991. I know there's like this big to-do on Facebook and social media because they have the Wednesday series that's coming out from for Netflix, and there's a whole thing about who they chose as Morticia and Gomez, specifically Gomez. The cartoon version of The Addams Family, if you've ever watched it, if that's where they based this Gomez off of, then yes, he looks exactly like that and good on them for choosing it. For me, and only because, like, I've seen the original black and white one with 
John Aston, Sean Aston's adopted dad, is excellent. Morticia in there, she's excellent. I think everybody they chose in the show is great. And if you were going from that generation who grew up with that Adams family to the one that was made in the 90s, there are probably people who are like, oh my God, I can't believe they chose these people. So if you actually go and you have that generation looking at the Angelica Houston and Raul Julia and um, anybody, everybody else that was in that movie, they might be thinking to themselves, why? You know, these are the people I grew up with and I like them. So it's kind of the same. It's the same thing. I get that. But I think they chose really, really well for the movie. It wasn't a series. It was just a, you know, a two-off movie. And I believe Raul Julia was the epitome of how Gomez was supposed to be that, like, playboy-type person. And Angelica Houston is just... I, I don't think I could see her in, you know, that's, I feel like that's who she is really, but I know she's probably not, but come on, she played the Grand High Witch and the Witches too, so she can do those, oops, I just called up my calculator because I have to do some calculations in the middle of this podcast, anyhow, so the Adams Family, I love it, I still, I watch it for both Christmas, uh, Halloween and Christmas, why not even just throw it in there for Thanksgiving? <laughs> The Goonies, 1985, that's a given. Kids always want to go out for an adventure. And to find a map in your attic, of course you're going to want to go out and find what it is. And back in those days as well, you weren't sitting in front of a, t- uh, in front of a, t- a TV, really, and a game system or a computer or your cell phone. You were out having those adventures. And I don't know if it would... If you could actually update the Goonies to be to bringing in kids of today to do the same thing. If anything, this will be the amount of um, investigative going out and looking. Th- they're going to look up in Google. They're going to uh, Google Maps it. They're going to probably uh, look at a satellite view and they're like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. And here it is. They can, you know, let's, you know. <laughs> go right to it or something like that and if you were gonna have like people who escapees from jail then you're gonna obviously have a cell phone and call the authorities right away it just wouldn't it just doesn't work only because there are certain factors in the technology that we have today that wouldn't give it the best feel you know you could there's geocaching maybe they could do a goonies geocaching and that's kind of forced treasure hunting. <laughs> I don't know. So I love the Goonies. Uh, I already do- I talked about Willow and my other half of the podcast. And I know that they are doing an- a continuation. And they are bringing in the actors as-, as the ones that are still around and still capable of doing it. I think that would be interesting. I- I'm-, I'm open for it. <laughs> Not that what I have to say will indicate how it does and, you know, if they'll ever do it again. It's just my opinion. Uh, Princess Bride, that's 1987. And that really is the epitome of just a really great comedy drama. I have the uh, actual book by, um, oh my God, I remembered the name in my other half of the podcast that I recorded prior. William Goldman is the name of the author who wrote The Princess Bride. And if you remember in the beginning of the movie, you have Peter Falk 
and um, Fred Savage. <laughs> yeah, Fred Savage and Peter Falk. And he's, he's reading him a book. And the book is The Princess Bride that's written by William Goldman. Uh, so if you wanted to check out the actual book, you know, it's you can go purchase it off of Amazon or any bookstore that is near you, if there are any anymore. You really can't get any better than Mandy Patankin or Ka uh, Carrie Elwes. And uh, you, you just can't. These people, the way that they, put, they have them out there, they are those characters. They will always be those characters. Played in the Navigator, 1986. That, I don't really know if it's a huge movie. I want to say that it is because it was, like I said in the other part of this podcast, um, when I was looking up movies for the 80s and the 90s, majority of these are from the 80s. I guess I just, uh, I, I know that there are other movies. Maybe I'll do more just 90s based because I think I only have like one, two, uh, four. Yeah, four. Mm -hmm. Four 90s movies out of my, my list of 26. Oops, sorry. So I might probably, uh, I'll probably do this in my, uh, my season three, uh, do another rounds of just 90s because this is a lot of it. I have to say a majority of my really favorite kids movies are from the 80s. It's just the way it is. But there are definitely good movies, obviously, in the 90s. There was like a, you know, Jurassic Park. 1993, I think, was like a really huge year for a lot of movies that came out. But anyway, I digress. Light and the Navigator was on that list when I looked up 80s and 90s movies. However, Legend wasn't. So I want to want to say that Flight of the Navigator is a, a well-known movie or enough to be on that list. You have Paul Rubens as the voice of the alien ship. So you have that craziness. And then a kid who has to who's moved into the future because he was abducted but the aliens brought him back to the wrong time. Hilarity ensues as well as, um, hilarity, 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 hilarity. I am so paranoid with how I say things, especially now that I'm editing these podcasts and I'm listening to how I say stuff versus how others say it. I, I know that we all have dialects where we are and so on and so forth. But yeah, so hilarity funny stuff ensues <laughs> one of the things that actually that i remember from what i recorded in my previous uh half of this podcast is that movie actually brought out a recurring nightmare for me because um in it he is abducted it seems like only a few minutes has gone by for him he goes back to his house and his parents aren't there or the people just don't know him and I had a reoccurring nightmare when I was younger that I would come home and my parents didn't know who I was or they were not there. So when I watched this movie when I was little, it's that part actually like freaked me out. But the rest of the movie was great. So just that one part kind of really like gave me the sinking feeling because I it, it did scare me to think that like my parents wouldn't know who I I was. And the sad thing is, is that uh, that might actually happen with my mom. Harry and the Hendersons, 1987. The part where he's laughing at the, uh, the television set is probably the epitome of that movie. I wish I had that laugh. And, of course, I love everybody that's in that movie, but um, recently I was watching Agatha Christie's Perot another British show. Sorry. 
I have a, I have Brit Box, okay? I'm just going through move, the, the shows, okay? Anyhow, um, David Suchet is the hunter in that movie in Harry and the Hendersons, and he plays Perot. And because I kept saying, I'm looking, I'm like, I know that guy. Where have I seen him before? And I, I just looked at it. I'm like, oh my God, it's that guy. It's, he's in Harry and the Hendersons. We just got that on Blu-ray recently. Uh, well, recently, probably within the last two to three years, if not later. But it was a recent purchase, and I'm glad that we have it. Explorers, 1985, it has River Phoenix and uh, Ethan Hawke. And another kid that I can't remember his name, but he apparently doesn't act anymore. So my apologies, young sir. Or older sir now, sorry. Uh, that was great because they pretty much create their own spaceship, go into space, find aliens. It come they if they find out that the aliens aren't all that they say that they are, but it's in a funny way and it's interesting. I I always liked that that movie. Um, Batteries not included, kind of the same like nineteen eighty seven. So you had another like. I guess there's a lot of stuff about like uh, spaceships and stuff floating in the navigator explorers and batteries. Like Anyhow, I the reason why I like batteries not included was even beyond the whole uh, spaceship uh, alien type of thing is being able to to restore and to preserve the past because in that the whole idea is that that building's getting torn down and and the families that have lived there either had been there since it had been built or had, you know, was fairly new and or they were there because it was to their liking, to their affordability. And you see these like big businesses and big buildings and and quote unquote progress taking away what it is that was of our past. And I liked the idea that they kept it in and amongst the skyscraper so it yes i know it's supposed to be a feel-good movie it made me feel good so good job you did your job time bandits i've made mention in the other half it's funny and uh it's a british made movie so there are like it's like their type of humor but it it's it's a classic if you haven't like sean connery's in it so if that you know there's other people in there i'm not going to name every single one of them but I know he like stood out for me. It has I will admit it has been a while since I've watched it, but I've seen it enough times where I can, you know, see see this they have a whole a point of like Napoleon, they go back in time for like that's literally why they're called time bandits. They are on the run from the overseer for the time and that's why they're like jumping from time to time. So, it's 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 interesting and funny. That's from 1981. The Last Unicorn from 1982. Now, I've only seen the cartoon maybe once, and but I actually have the book. And it's um, it was like a double feature type of book. So I had The, uh, the Last Unicorn and A Fine and Private Place. And the novel is and There by Peter S. Beagle. And A Fine and Private Place is actually a really... I think I might have made mention in a blog or my one of my podcasts if not it's a great it's a great book please read it and the last unicorn also is well written um by i don't see it's a double feature but i don't know if it's written by the same guy it is okay Uh, obviously why would they put it in this okay so both written by the same author well written well done 
I only kind of slightly remember the cartoon. Um, when I was looking at pictures online of it, I'm like, oh yeah, I, re I do remember this. I can't really tell you if it was close to the novel or not, but A Fine and Private Place. If not The Last Unicorn, at least read A Fine and Private Place. Um, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. If you, it, that was from 1985. If you watched any of his, if, if you watched his morning show, then you're going to, you're going to want to or have already watched that movie. And it's just literally his show, like, blown beyond proportion and it's so well done you have large marge obviously it was like the great one of the greatest things and it did it actually scared me when i was little and the whole point where he's like in the dark with you just see his eyes and that that i always loved peewee herman i know that like there was like all like scandals and sh stuff um as you know he was a adult man. He was not doing anything untoward to anyone, you know, honestly. So that's my opinion. I still love him. And I know he had like a new movie out recently where like his birthday or like a holiday or something like that. It was on Netflix. It probably is still on there. Um, that was pretty good. Return to Oz, 1985. Uh, I was just having a conversation with my son about the Wizard of Oz because I have a problem when it comes to when I have uh, nothing else going on or I'm waiting for something and the first song that comes to mind is If I Only Had a Brain. So I'll whistle it, I'll hum it, I'll sing it. If it's just like I'm waiting for something, it's like dun 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 or if like we're off to see the wizard or something like that. It was not one of my favorite movies. And I know this might... There are people who have it on a pedestal I apologize I don't mean to say that it's a horrible movie it isn't obviously it's a classic it's just not one of ones that I would it was just not ones that I it would wasn't one that I would actually sit and like rewatch a million times yet I will sing their songs a million times so who's the winner now huh <laughs> or loser uh, Return to Oz on on the other hand great movie if you have read any of the um, Wizard of Oz books, they are of like a darker nature. There's more to it than what obviously Hollywood made it into be. It wasn't, you know, as like, I know there was an evil witch. I know that there was flying monkeys and such and such, but there was a lot more to it. It's almost like the grim fairy tales. You've got Disney's, Disney's renditions of, Cinderella and uh, Beauty and the Beast and Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> you have Disney versions of these. But when you read the grim fairy tales, they are not. Little Red Riding Hood, uh, yeah, she pretty much gets eaten <laughs> and gets like cut out. They are pretty gory. And Cinderella, um, yeah, just read some of, just read some of the grim fairy tales. They are not anything like the Disney uh, renditions of them. Now, granted, there are other... When you go through a lot of the countries that have these fairy tales, there are going to be different renditions of them. So, uh, just kind of... If you ever watched uh, Jim Henson's Storyteller, and that was, that was its own series, but then he also had it at the end of the Jim Henson hour 
for majority of them, they had the uh, specific story done by the storyteller, which was uh, um, John Hurt. If you haven't, <laughs> I have them on DVD. And there were like three seasons, I think. And then the last one was done by um, Gamboni, Gam, Gam, uh, Harry Potter guy, Harry Potter and Prisoner. All right, Michael Gambone. Michael Gambone, who does, who um, is Dumbledore in the later Harry Potter, after the other one, uh, Richard Harris died, he uh, he does the storytelling, and it's all Greek mythology. If and you have like, of course, you're gonna have some puppeting in there, but one of the episodes has the dude that was in, uh, he's a British actor who was in uh, The Walking Dead, and he played the mayor. So if you haven't watched any of... Oh, it was... Okay. So the if you haven't seen The Storyteller and you like all these people and uh, you love Jim Henson, they have... And you love Greek mythology or even just fairy tales in general. And I love John Hurt anyway, who in the beginning... And Michael Gambone's all right. <laughs> but I do like Greek mythology. And it's... You get... You learn stuff off of it. But the way that they did the storyteller and where where my point is going is that they brought in a different types of fairy tales from uh, Greek fairy tales, uh, German fairy tales, uh, Danish fairy Like, they kind of brought it together so there's, like, different aspects of the same type of story. So in, in one, if you did Cinderella, in one there were blackbirds and one that she had, she, her feet were bleeding and, and another, you know, there wasn't a happy ending and there another there is, you know, such and such. There's, it depends on where you are, the different culture, how it's viewed. So it changes uh, to suit the needs of that culture. So definitely check out the storyteller. I know that's not a movie; it's a show. But if you haven't, that they're great. Um, and you and the fairy tales themselves. There's one that's called the um, Soldier in Death. That's a good one. Check it out. Okay. Anyhow, so return to us. <laughs> Feruza Balk, obviously awesome. And you have the wheelers. They were the creepiest things. They still, they still kind of creep me out, especially that sound. But it is interesting that if you look at the, the points prior to her going to Oz, you see, like, you have the doctor who turns into um, uh, the Stone King. The wheelers are the people, the attendants that were wheeling her to the uh to get the electroshock therapy and that sound was the actual gurney that she was on so it all kind of like then you wonder is it in her head is she really is she really there or is she having a psychotic episode or something like that and if you've read any of the books they're kind of like that and especially when it's like during the victorian era mental illness was not it wasn't divided as it is now like you didn't have like certain mental illness was even back to the point where women were having mood swings you know like her normal stuff they were classifying that as a mental illness and locking them up for having hysterics which is crazy in more ways than one <laughs> but so the movie and the books obviously are a personification of that of that scariness and unease of that type of 
profession that people didn't understand. So there you go. There's my deep dive into that. <laughs> but anyhow, Daryl, <laughs> 1985. Barrett Oliver, who was uh, Bastion Bucks in Never Ending Story. I liked him. I loved him in Never Ending Story. I love him in Daryl. He plays an android child who escapes the um, facility that he was built in, Has becomes part of a family. He escapes again because, you know, he's growing more than the android you know it's it's, it's a kind of like the same type of um, ideal of having to be, be human it's like pinocchio ish type of thing i also really liked him in cocoon they had like i think they had two of them and my one of my dad's favorite movies was cocoon and cocoon 2 um the awakening or something i forget what that was called um i haven't watched them in a long time it had it's they're they're real they are really good and you have a lot of the uh Don Amici and the older actors that I think that's the reason why he really liked it because they were all actors that he grew up with and you know aged with so this is them now you know at that point I think majority of them are dead now unfortunately um The Great Mouse Detective 1986 pretty much it's a Disney mouse movie that is Sherlock Holmes Ta-da. But it's great. Uh, Radigan, who is the arch nemesis of um, the Great Mouse Detective. That's um, Basil of Baker Street. <laughs> and that is how you say the name Basil. But I also say Basil the Herb as Basil instead of Basil. And I am forever going to be scarred by how I have to say that. Anyhow, but the, the voice of Radigan is Vincent Price, so there's really, you can't go wrong with that. The Care Bears movie, 1985, I just felt like I had to put that in there because I did watch it a lot when I was younger. Is it something I can rewatch? Not really. I, I know that might be sacrilegious to some people. I didn't actually even have a whole lot of Care Bears in my repertoire of uh, stuffed animals. But I did watch it a lot when I was younger. I don't know if it's because my mom decided to put it on. There were some odd things that my mom, not bad things, but there were just some weird stuff that I would talk about to other people. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know that show that we used to watch when we were like five? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, I got some weird parents. What can I say? Um, who framed Roger Rabbit? I'll go into that later, like weird shows that I've watched when I was younger that my mom showed me and nobody knows about, or it's just from an older generation, which it could very well be because my mom liked older things. My dad was old. So <laughs> here you go. <laughs> who framed Roger Rabbit? 1988. Awesome movie. Christopher Lloyd as the scary tune who acids them my goodness like he literally is and any movie that you would see him in he just doesn't look he's very um okay this is like version three i've been having the hardest time getting this goddamn podcast out this is my fourth freaking recording because either my audio cuts out or I get anybody coming in to, you know, I literally have everybody coming into my room. Usually I don't. Usually I'm like left alone, sort of. Okay, but anyway. Uh, so I left off with Who Framed Roger Rabbit and um, Christopher Lloyd 
just changing and everything. But he was really scary in Who Framed Roger Rabbit and like that high pitched. I know he didn't necessarily do all that high pitched voice, but it creeped me out. But I do love that. I I do love that whole movie. It's, you know, there are some like adult ish type of stuff. And actually, it's funny to see like the WB, like the the cartoons being like rude and, you know, adult like. And it it just was it was funny to see that side of it. Like what they do is all an act. Now, we obviously we, we know better than that, but that's great. I liked it. And then last but certainly not least is Big. From 1988, Tom Hanks. He's one. I think that movie made him one of my top actors. My top actor is Tim Curry. There's nobody that's going to knock that off. Tim Curry is just. I love him in everything that he's been in. But I digress. Tom Hanks, close second, but not that close. <laughs> uh, but big. I. I always wanted to find the arcade machine or the carnival machine. Excuse me. Zoltaire because I wanted to make my wish. Did I want to be big? No. But did I get that wish? Yes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so Zoltaire, I just, I had, believe me, I had, it had nothing even to do with like, I want a million dollars. It's more of, I had such a, like all these ideas and I'm like, ah, oh, just, if that was real. <laughs> but it's an interesting look at it though, because, and I'm not trying to get this into like, let me break it down into symbolism and make it more than it needs to be other than it being a great movie. It gave me an appreciation for that disparity between the uh, the childhood and adulthood. I appreciate the fact that you are a kid and appreciate that time. And I know that it you're like, "Oh man, I just want to get out of here, get under get out from underneath my parents or whatever. They're just bothering me." But when you get older, there's all this responsibility and you, yes, you have that more freedom. And like I joked in my previous section, now it's not as funny to me, but with great freedom comes great responsibility. <laughs> See, told you not that funny because I did it already, <laughs> but it just didn't record. It just gave me a greater appreciation that when you do get older, that it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be all peaches and cream. You're just going to have another set of issues that you're going to have to deal with. And when you are a child and you, if you are lucky enough to have parents who make sure that you want for nothing and that you are taken care of, even if you want for things, obviously, but are taken care of and you have a roof over your head and food on the table and they're the ones that are taking care of like the the finances and making sure that you're all you are comfortable I wish I could go back just just for that alone and obviously you know to see to see my dad again but uh, beyond that sad point I I did have a greater appreciation to the fact that when you are an adult there's so much more that you have to think about and I always appreciated I did um, my childhood and not having those responsibilities because I was able to do whatever the hell I wanted to do because I didn't have to worry about the weight of of the stresses of what life as an adult and having a family means. So, um, yeah. So thank you, Big. Thank you, Tom Hanks. <laughs> uh, but it's a great movie. If you haven't watched it, highly recommend. I always wanted to get the piano so I could play it. I don't really, I know a couple of songs. I know how to play some things on the piano, 
Whether I can do it on a huge piano, that's another matter. I might get tired by the end of that. But anyhow. Um, so that, I know that there are a ton of other movies out there. And this is by no means a simplified version of what everybody else would like. These are just my favorites. Ones that I know that I've watched multiple times. That I probably could quote certain sections of it. Uh, if not all of it. Um, that have awesome music for it because a lot of them are from the 80s and I like I said I, I did notice that these are not a lot from the 90s so I will do one that's specifically 90s because there are a lot more movies in the 90s that are iconic and they are still part of our childhood so I'll do that probably in the next season because I have the next two episodes planned out I just want to make sure that I can get this technical difficulty sorted out gosh I can't wait to have my desk back because I just think I need the extra space. It's just a lot crammed into this room. And and besides that, like, I don't want to sit in my bedroom the whole time. I like, I just want to be able to go out and into the living room or go upstairs at my desk. And that's where I'm going to do the work. And then when I go to bed, I go to bed. It's not just like, oh, look, I'm in my room still. <sighs> but yeah, that's that's really it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for the patience. If you have been checking out my other episodes until this one came out, I just had things going on, you know, between my mom, school, work. I got a new position at my, my job. So I've been like, a lot of stuff has been going on. So I just wanted to get kind of settled. I have three weeks off of school. So it'll give me ample time to get some uh, blogs and podcasts under my, under my belt to get finished up this season. And I will probably do the third season during my fall to winter uh, break for school. It might be a short like half season and then I'll just do it on the breaks because I just don't this is my last year for college and I'll have my bachelor's degree so I need to make sure like I'm focused and that's kind of what I did because I'm like oh, I gotta do this but I'm like I have a report that needs to be done. I have a quiz that I need to do. I have to study for this. I'm more concerned about my grades than I ever was than I was in high school. Which, again, I think that's a whole lot to do with maturity and knowing that you are spending this money and you are spending this money. It's not your parents or something else uh, that you're going to get the most bang for your buck, obviously. And I don't want to just go in and be like, oh, you know, all like, you know, nonchalant. Like it's it's important to me. So there's that. So thank you so much. I appreciate I looked I hadn't looked at my website to see how many people have listened to it. I looked on like Spotify to see if anybody has been picking up because it's been a couple of months. It's been like two months since I actually posted something new. So thank you so much for anybody who's checked it out since and continues to look and subscribe. You can check out this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. But if you are looking to to go back further, I don't. I, it looks like Spotify only has like the last te 10 episodes, which means it has only this season. So if that's the case, my website has all of it. So just go to GabrielleCataldi.com and go into the podcast. Season one and season two are all there and it will remain there. But you can also get obviously Spotify, iTunes, Google, Podbean, wherever you want to listen to a podcast. I will be there. <laughs> so thank you so much for subscribing. Um, if you haven't, please do so. If you check me out on social media, uh, I ha I do lives and sometimes, not all the time. I'm going to try and do some more lives, but we'll see. 
I think I might have mentioned that in the beginning. In the interim, uh, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy. And we have two more episodes, and then the season will be wrapped up. Check my blog out. Check the, the social media, like I said. And um, if you have any suggestions, please leave uh, a message or a comment on any of my blogs. I believe there's a comment section on the podcast as well. And obviously, you can message me uh, through the social medias and you can let me know what you'd like to hear or hear like maybe my weird, you know, growing up and how things might be different between you and I or any, so anything, just anything. <laughs> I just want to hear your feedback, good, bad or otherwise, because believe me, I left a comment on something on social media recently. And oh, my goodness, the negativity. So if I can handle that, I'm hoping I can handle the criticism to my own work. I know it's a little harder because it's closer to home and closer to my heart, but I appreciate anybody who's listened and read anything. So thank you again. I hope you enjoyed this episode of That 80s Child, The Generation Y. And my name is Gabrielle, and I will not see you, but I will be talking to you on the next episode. Bye.